0: Well, 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 we're back again. Georgia survived Auburn on the plains. How good are these dogs really? Brock Bowers is pretty good. We have an entire block about him. And uh, recruits reacted to Georgia's 27-20 win over the Tigers. We'll get through all of it right now on the Georgia Show.
1: Better never rest. A in the sky. What a thrilling
0: time to be alive. Thank you to Granville, local uh, Georgia band. Growing up in Athens out of Albany, they are uh, bringing us into the Georgia show each and every week. Y'all go check them out. They got some good stuff on Spotify and wherever you want to check them out. They are There. Uh, Let's talk about the dogs, fellas. Rusty, you and I had a pretty emotionally charged instant reaction uh, right after the game. We do that every Saturday right after the game is over. And I think that's great. That's great for people that watch and follow along with this channel. It gives you a couple different angles, right? We're going right into it. We don't have the full picture. We got some of the stats. They're probably wrong some of the time because we're just coming right in off of the game. Uh, Tonight... Let's take a little bit of a, a measured approach and let's really diagnose what's going on here. There are some issues with this Georgia team, and Kirby Smart acknowledged that too. A win is a win, uh, but they're not playing up to that standard that we're used to. And uh, and every team is different, of course, but I think when you see Georgia, you're just waiting for them to play a full game still five games in.
2: Yeah, um, it's you start start picking things, you know, start getting real nitpicky on things. And I think the, as I sit back and watch the replay today, um, Georgia just doesn't have a Jalen Carter. They don't have a Trayvon Walker. They didn't have Devonte White. They don't. I mean, that's just the bottom line. It doesn't mean that they don't have really good players, but they don't have NFL first round guys on that front line right now. They're still not playing bad. I just think people need to, It's going to take a little while to see how this thing is going to work. They're going to have to scheme things up a little bit different. And, you know, they don't have that absolute, like, game record. You know, they've had a guy that you just watch every play, like this dude's about to mess somebody up. They've got a really good defense. they got a damn good defense. But I think personnel-wise, they've taken a step back, and it's just natural. You look what they've had the last two drafts, and it's just – It's just impossible to replace. They're still trying to replace Roquan Smith, and they may never replace Roquan Smith. I'm talking about one of the fastest middle linebackers you're ever going to see. They're not going to replace Brock Bowers. It's going to take a long time. He's one of the best players ever played at Georgia. So, you know, it's going to take a step back in that area. When you you have to replace him, it just is what it is. Now, I think people, um, you know, what I was going back and watching it, what I was surprised was the amount of times that uh, Auburn got the edge. And I'm not talking about just a quarterback run. I'm talking about outrunning people to the corner and able to turn the ball up the field. You don't see that much. And, you know, I looked at it on the, uh, watched it twice, just the defensive series um, from the second quarter on. And a couple of times they just got outran. And that's just something that you don't normally see out of a Georgia defense.
1: Yeah. You mentioned uh, replacing guys, man. And I, I, we were talking in that group text earlier today about Darnell Washington. Listen, oh, man. I'll tell you, here's the thing. it's it, His impact is felt deeply uh, in, in this, for sure. But the problem is you can't go get offensive tackles who play tight end uh, every year, man. Those guy, guys like Darnell Washington don't exist. Guys like Jalen Carter don't exist. Broderick um, Jones is another one of those guys, man. Georgia has lost some significant guys. And the thing that I've thought about all day is that Georgia has replaced elite players with really good players. Exactly. That, that's, that's a big difference, man. So mm-hmm. things, things that looked easy and looked uh, doable before don't happen as easily or as doable as they did uh, when those guys were doing them because those guys are NFL first and second and third round picks. Hmm. Georgia will have draft picks off of this class there's no question about it but I mean you think about Brock Bowers obviously slam dunk guy right Kamari Lassner slam dunk guy Malachi starts, no question about that guy as well
2: and Mike Williams Mike Williams
1: Williams definitely Smile Mundin athletically probably there right but Mm -hmm. when you think about in terms of Do they have a guy who's going to go into the league from the defensive line and abuse NFL veterans in the way that Jalen Carter is? That's not there right now. And Mm -hmm. that's not to say that those guys aren't good. That's just a testament to how good Jalen Carter really is.
2: Yeah. I'll say this, too, real quick while we're on the subject. Um, I I do think Georgia's true freshman class on campus right now, and the guys they've got, I I think they've got C.J. Allen, uh, I'm still big on Damon Wilson. Uh, you know
1: the guys in the I, I, pipe. The guys in the yes. pipe are the right guys. Yeah, They're Jordan just not Paul. There yet.
2: correct. You yeah. know, I say this all the time. It took Jordan Davis until the Florida game of his freshman year for people to even know who he was. Now we knew who he was. We covered the team, but the normal people are like, "Who? Who's this big guy?" You know what I mean? And it took him eight games before he got into the lineup, and they even found a role for him. So. You know, I just think, uh, it's not an excuse. I'm just, I'm just trying to give you reality right now that Georgia is not as deep as they were in 21 and 22. But I did say today on dogs HQ that I do think they can still win every single football game. I think they can scheme it up. They got a great football staff, especially defensive staff. And, uh, I think they're just, you know, Jake Rowe has said this and Wes, maybe they said it as well. Um, you're going to have to win some games like this. It's not just going to be that one Missouri game or that one Auburn game this year. You may win six or seven like this, but the one thing I keep saying is man, this football team knows how to win damn games and man, they, they keep getting hit in the mouth and, and uh, they keep responding, man. you don't want to, you don't want to live like that, but it just shows you, I think Kirby said it pretty, pretty summed it up pretty good. When he left the field yesterday, he said, composure, And I went back and thought about it. They had zero false starts, and they had zero delay of games. I would have bet my house on one of them. If you gave me the house versus one of those, 100% to play in that atmosphere, that environment, and stay that composed as a football team, says a lot about what's going on in Athens.
0: Shahid Huckabee with a comment here kind of lines up with what we're saying. It was totally fundamentals in the run game, not reacting to what they were seeing fast enough, allowing the linemen to reach them, all coachable and correctable. And yesterday, Rusty, I mentioned to you that the thing about this team right now is they don't have the ability to just go out there and dictate a game like the past teams did in 21 and 22. And at the time, I was wondering, is it because they're too composed? Have they bought into this composure uh, mentality too much to the fact that they're too reserved? But when you have guys out there that are new, they are young, they don't have the experience, and in some cases, they are just not as elite as some of the guys you're replacing, then you're not able to go out there and just instinctively know what to do. And what you're going to have to do is play in a lot of games where you get beat up, where you learn, oh, that's the wrong thing to do, or, hey, I was in the wrong spot. Because for, for these guys that aren't elite, for the guys that don't have the experience but maybe are elite, you're going to have to go through some of those experiences. First, to have those instincts like N'Kobe Dean did at middle linebacker, uh, to have the ability to just bull rush everybody like Jalen Carter did. So I, I, I kind of changed my approach on what is going on with this team and its identity. I don't think they're sleepwalking. I think that's, that's a narrative about this team that I've kind of seen specifically this you know past 24 hours is that they're sleepwalking. I don't think they have the experience and the talent uh, to dominate and dictate a game. Like, like Think about that Arkansas game in 2021. That group, that's when you learn that those were real capital D dogs because they didn't have to yeah. think. They could just play. And I think the hope for Georgia is throughout the season, maybe by the end of the year you can have that, some semblance of that. But right now you just don't have it. And that's why. Yeah. I, I don't think this team is sleepwalking. I, I just no I don't agree with that narrative. And I, I've had to challenge no, myself on not, it, but I don't yeah. think that's the case. I think these guys yeah, really do want to win.
2: That's not a Kirby smart trait. That you're not gonna get you might get your ass kicked one game, but you're not gonna be a sleepwalking team. It just did that that's just not the mentality. They don't allow that. He's not gonna, you know, that's not gonna happen. They may get beat and they will sooner or later. Now it's not they're not gonna win the rest. Sometime they're gonna lose. <laughs> One. but uh uh it's not the sleepwalking that that's not that doesn't happen uh Wes, i think you're you're, you're spot on that this is team this team right here is having to kind of grow up on the field right in front of your eyes it's not a closed scrimmage this is national tv you're the number one team in the country won 22 games in a row and every time you win somebody wants to pick apart everything that you didn't do and everything that doesn't look right Well, you know what looked right? They were down on the road in the SEC and giving the ball away, turnovers. A quarterback that had never been in that situation, never been in that situation. And all he did was make every play that he needed to play to make for his team to win on the road. And I just think this is one of those games, man, that you go back and look. You know, Roosh, you may have a thought on this. You go back and look at the end of the year and go, man, South Carolina, they were down at half, but they were at home. You're down ten at Auburn, and you yeah. fumble on the first play from scrimmage oh. on the second half, and you're like, "It ain't happening tonight." We've all been there. We've all yeah, seen yeah. what happens it, in Auburn. It,
1: it, it felt so when classic. It, like it felt like exactly yes. yep. you've seen that game a million times. Right, that exact yep. thing where the thing that you wanted you 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 wanted least came to fruition at Auburn, and you dropped it as a result in a, in a situation that you shouldn't. That was what it felt like, and then they came back from that. I I had this pulled up, and I wanted to make sure that I quoted this accurately because I've been ruminating on this all day. Jake Rose said this today about 1230. He said, last year's Georgia team would absolutely beat anybody in the country if it played clean football. This team can beat anybody in the country if it plays clean football. That's a big difference. And that's where it is right now. And it's something, too, that we've talked about even going into this season. I I was a big proponent of this. With all the changes that you had going into this season, Georgia's schedule was such a benefit because you were going to have the ability to grow up on the field and make these adjustments before the postseason hit. And to me, that's what you've seen in the South Carolina game, in the Auburn game. They're having to kind of battle back. Kentucky, we'll get to that soon. But what I'm saying is the schedule sets up favorably for them to have these bumps in the road, for them to have to overcome adversity. It's They've got the talent to out-talent an Auburn or a South Carolina, but that they had to get their back up against the wall against them is not necessarily a bad thing for the long-term prospects of this team, in my opinion.
0: Not at all. And, you know, who we're not really talking about a ton today is Carson Beck and You know, it could be a situation where he didn't respond well from that first pick. You know, he just tanks mentally, and you're talking about a quarterback controversy right now. And we're not because he responded as well as he can. That was a 14 point swing that missed throw to Delp, the pick after that, and Auburn going down and scoring. Because if he hits Delp there, that's probably a touchdown, right? So you're talking about covering the spread there. You're talking about starting off hot and really not letting Auburn in this game at all. So that just shows you how thin the margin is on the road in the SEC, but Beck definitely grew up, and that was what you had to have. There were some things in there that you couldn't have, but but Georgia still overcame them, and that's what's special about this team. I'm not going to sugarcoat the things that aren't going well right now. The running game, you know, we've spoken a lot about the defense kind of missing assignments and missing the elite characteristics. Georgia's rushing attack, Uh, It's a good thing Carson Beck stepped up, and Brock Bowers too, because he can change the whole ballgame. But Georgia's got to be able to run it better than they did against Auburn. Now, give Auburn credit, their top 25 defense, and they played pretty well. And and Georgia kind of played into their hands by not being able to execute some things. But there's definitely some things to fix, but there's also a lot to be encouraged about. And Beck's got to be you know, the brightest shining star coming out of that game. Let's take a quick look at this Kentucky game, guys. Spread comes out today, 16 and a half, 17, depending on where you're looking. Georgia being favored. <laughs> kind of shocked us in our text thread today.
1: Yeah, listen. Georgia, Georgia needs to cover once this year for me to uh buy into that happening. I that's not I, I don't I don't like that man. And listen, is it going Devin Leary is not gonna run all over you like Peyton Thorne and, and uh Robbie Ashford did, but they've got a great back in Ray Davis, and that kid can absolutely go. The you know run defense has been a little bit spotty. I think that that's a crazy line for this game, personally. And like I said, Georgia can start covering, but I need to see it once before I'm going to buy in.
2: I, I'm <laughs> shocked because I watched – I don't know if you guys – I watched Kentucky-Florida yep. game, and I was blown away at Kentucky. And I'm telling you, man, you want to talk about Jordan Davis? Watch their nose guard, who is 6'6", 355. Cedric Van Prynne? Tate Ratledge, all that crew, they got their hands full with this dude. This dude is a NFL first rounder probably. And, and uh, we'll talk about him as the week goes on. They got a kid named uh, Trevon, uh, Trevon Wallace out of Wayne County. I remember going down yeah. to see him a couple years ago. And, like, this guy is a high, high level NFL linebacker running around for Kentucky. They're safe. Their DBs look long. Their DBs. I don't know where Kentucky gets all these six-one DBs, but <laughs> I remember. I remember a couple of years ago, staying on the sideline and going, "Damn, Kentucky looks good in pads, man." And uh, I'm telling you, as this week goes on, you're not going to have to worry. Kirby Smart and those guys are going to show them that tape, and they're going to know this team manhandled, manhandled Florida. He's not going to have to give their attention because what you see on tape and I'm telling you the Georgia fan base needs to understand this might be the best Kentucky team that's played in this stadium in a long 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 time they got their hands full I have no idea how that line is that line
0: Mark Stoops has been there for a while for a reason and it's not just because Kentucky's okay with being a basketball school he's comfortable recruiting there he knows what it takes to win there and how to play tough, and they play incredibly tough. One uh, final comment on Kentucky before we move on here. Dylan Brooks points out Auburn was running triple option and Veer out of the shotgun. Uh, Thorne and – sorry. Ashford. Uh, What's the Auburn – Robbie Ashford. Ashford. Yeah. Sorry, Robbie. You played well yesterday too. They were running Veer out of the shotgun. Don't think we see that again. We'll be much better versus teams who run – straight at us like Kentucky you know on paper I agree with that but if you don't think Kentucky saw that film and it's kind of licking its chops thinking how can we get some of these middle linebackers these young middle linebackers for Georgia mixed up because it wasn't just the edge it was some of the blown assignments from Georgia's linebackers too that uh cost them there's a lot of green grass out there so I know that's not Kentucky's approach but I wouldn't be surprised if they mixed a little bit of that in on Saturday I got to thinking about who
2: Georgia would face that could give them stress, and (laughs) who who could give Georgia some stress if they played them down the line, and that would be Alabama because of a running quarterback. What they do? You want to talk about an athlete? You want to talk about a big athlete? That that would that just tuck that one away a little while because he definitely can run the triple option and those types of things. The quarterback keep, and he is a he is bigger. Faster and stronger than anybody that Auburn uh, threw at Georgia yesterday in that package. They got a long time, and and there's a lot of games between them. But I started thinking, who has that quarterback and who has that run game that could stress you again? And I thought, well, Georgia plays Alabama. Milrow would give you some some sleepless nights going into that game.
0: Yeah. I thought the same thing, Rusty. Coming out of that Texas game and then all the confidence they had beating Ole Miss – I mean, they're not doing it the same way they did. Our mm-hmm. message board was very eager to throw that dirt on Nick Saban six feet under the ground, and I get it, but uh, he ain't dead yet.
1: That's what everybody well. wants. I mean, that's what everybody wants to see happen, right? <laughs> is he, yeah, did they, yeah. You need to get. You need to bury Nick Saban under 12 feet of dirt is what I would say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got to get rid of him anyway way you can.
0: Bama's yeah. got to get to Atlanta first. Rhett Womack points out, well, LSU can't really play defense. We learned that last <laughs> night. Oh, and they've day. already got the leg up on Ole Miss. Texas a and a big one this week for sure. It's a huge one. Anyone going to be surprised if they make it to land? I won't. All right, let's uh let's give Brock Bowers a lot of credit, guys. We've focused on all the things George is doing wrong and what they got to fix. Brock Bowers is doing everything right. And according to him, he doesn't even try to. He's just that naturally gifted. Those back-to-back one-handed grabs Brock was just like, I just put my hand out and I caught it. I mean, this guy's not from planet Earth.
1: Yeah. Some would say, some would say he's the Rusty Mansell of tight ends. Uh, he's <laughs> the, he's the, no, he's, no, Bowers, Bowers is incredible. There's no question about it. And regardless of what anybody wants to say, it's, it really boils down to this. If the Heisman conversation is anything but a quarterback popularity contest, Brock Bowers should be in New York. There's no question about it. The guy is able to take over a game from a spot that that's not traditionally um, possible from. And changes Georgia. Georgia lives and dies by Brock Bowers in that game. And rightfully so. They know to feed him. And when he's called upon, he does it. Minus the fact that he's been doing this kind of at what? 85%, 90% for most of the year to this point. I mean, the guy is a gamer. He was in there for every snap. All he does is produce. And uh, Brock Bowers deserves every consideration he's getting. He deserves all the accolades. And it's a, like I said, if he's not in New York, it will kind of be an indictment, I think, of the ceremony, especially if he continues at the click that he's going right now.
2: I don't know about that comment there on we got posted up, but uh,
0: <laughs> it says Bowers didn't win state. Rusty did. Go Dragon. Well, the only
2: reason Bowers didn't win state this senior year because California didn't have football as senior. Yes, year. So,
1: exactly. Yes,
2: yeah, that's not apples to apples. Uh, <laughs> uh, somebody, somebody told me today, someone I trust uh, inside that building, and said, "Hey, you know Brock Bowers is Nick Chubb in every possible way." but he impacts the game a lot more because he is such a weapon in a pass game. And I thought, man, I thought for a second, I was like, about that. And then I thought, you know what? That They're right. That that the, the way he is able to impact a game in explosive plays, uh, Brock Bowers, man, he's special. We've said it. We've all said it. So after Saturday, he would have, what, two more home games? Is that correct? Missouri. Yeah. And and, uh, yeah.
1: and uh, Ole Miss.
2: Ole Miss. So, I'm telling yeah. you, Georgia fans, go watch 19 play. He is special. Um, we will be sitting on this show this night next year. We're talking about why they don't have Darnell and the impact. Rick, I was about we have discussions. we have discussions, if Brock Bowers is no longer at Georgia, you don't replace him. You're not going to replace him. It's unfair to make any comparisons to anybody to try to replace him. So, enjoy him. He is – just as good off the field as he was yesterday. Everybody I know raves about him. And one of the inside stories I kind of share from time to time about him is the um, the coaching staff just kind of laughs at his GPS vest. They will pull his numbers, and he never takes a playoff. Like, he never takes a playoff in practice. And the value of that with, uh, with Kirby Smart to show – not just this current team, but the next set of players and the next set of players. Because you remember how good Brock Bowers was? Look at his practice numbers. He was the number one person in reps at a high speed every single day. This guy's an alien.
0: I thought CBS did a great job uh, highlighting not just everything that he does as a player with the ball in his hands, but all the hidden yardage that comes from Brock Bowers just being on the field. He ran a little – kind of just a little out route towards the sideline and took two Auburn players with him. And that turned into, a, I think, a long first down to either Rosme Jack-Saint or... Yeah, it was. It I think was. that's it who was. it was. Uh, yeah, it was.
1: Yeah, and, yeah. and it's Talk just those long, little Auburn things, sideline, guys,
0: yeah. that, you know, he's special for sure. He's a, a highlight reel of a player. But when I think about the Heisman, traditionally, I'm not a Heisman voter, but when you think about what the Heisman Trophy is all about, it's the best player on the best team, who wouldn't be that good of a team if that dude wasn't on the team. And to me, that's Brock Bowers. That game yesterday summed it up for me. He won the game for the team on that winning drive and made every play. And and on the plays that he didn't score, he was doing everything to fool Auburn's defense into thinking that we better not let him score. So that opens everybody else up. It's in a different way. It's like having a quarterback that can scramble that, you know, that cliche – you take someone away. You take a defender out of the play because you got to account for him, and that's what Georgia does with Brock Bowers. Um, and it's crazy to watch, man. That that game-winning touchdown just looked so easy. Like it wasn't even, it wasn't even like dramatic how he scored. No one could catch him. And I remember when Todd Gurley was a freshman, uh, they showed a kind of like this highlight reel of, of dudes that. Just took bad angles on him because they underestimated him because he was a freshman. There, there, there might have been some of that with Brock Bowers as a freshman, but there's no underestimating him now, man. And people still take what look like bad angles, but it's just because he's that much better than them. No, they, I, I, and, I,
1: and I think too, some of it's fear based. I think that you, I think that you're worried it, Brock Bowers is about to put you on Sports I mean, like, you've got to be concerned about that every time he has the ball and he's standing in front of you. So guys may be taking bad angles, but it's probably because they're pulling up a little bit, like, how do I even approach what's about to happen?
0: Well, good luck His to Kentucky as, as they game plan against Brock Bowers. I know there's there's a lot on tape that Georgia looks like, you know, uh, can be exposed, and Kentucky will probably do that from time to time on Saturday uh 17 too much yeah go ahead did
2: the auburn dc really tweet that was that really his we confirmed that did y'all see the tweet from the
0: auburn dc no i didn't see that i I was about to pull up the tweet that y'all just texted me before the show i don't i don't know
1: i don't know what the auburn dc thing was
0: so he
2: somebody tweeted at him and said hey um you know why didn't we double cover brock bowers and he was like i guess i guess you didn't watch a game we had him bracket covered um, yeah, he he quote tweeted the guy, so it looked real to me like his real account. So Ron Roberts, if you can pull that up, it was up there yesterday. But that was that was crazy to see a DC come back at a fan. That you know what that tells you is frustration, because you're like you you damn right we double covered this guy. We tried to do everything we could, and he's still you know, got into us.
1: If you're going to take, yeah, if you're going to take the social media as an NCAA defensive coordinator and say, look there, <laughs> what do you want us to do, man? We I try. Mean, ultimately. <laughs> oh, oh, this
0: man. is a great tweet here. Y'all just sent me before the show. Arn boy, Anderson. Uh, I'll read it out loud to Kirby smart, his staff in Georgia football as a Georgia boy and a huge fan of football. I would just like to send coach smart, his staff in the Georgia Bulldogs, a huge thank you. For providing some incredible Saturday drama, nothing more exciting than waiting to see who will step up each week. Nothing to do but make Brock Bowers an honorary horseman. Congrats, Arn Anderson, and that's a tweet that is right up these two guys' alley on the show with me tonight. Insane. Emotional. Insane. I'm emotional. I mean it.
1: I, I I I'm telling you. I I I said it on Twitter. I said it on the board. I would set a Heisman Trophy on fire if if they would have welcomed me to be a horseman. Like as a kid, man, like that was the, the those were the dudes. Like you could not. There was nothing mm. better than being a horseman, man. That mm, is as gave, that's, a, that's a, it, a, like, yeah, absolutely, man. That's as cool as it gets. I <laughs> I think that that is so unique. I think it's so interesting, and I think it's um, I, it's a you know. Does it mean anything in the grand scheme? No, of course not. But it's it's a real testament that people of that ilk, and we can say Arne Anderson's a, a legend in 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 mm-hmm. his. There's no question about I it. I think
0: Roos's eyes are wet right now. I'm a, yeah,
1: dude, I, listen. I am a huge. I'm a <laughs> huge sportsman <laughs> fan. I'm a huge and uh I think that that I'm, was I'm from
2: Rome and I'm i not I don't have the emotion right now that Roos has got. I mean I know okay. I know this guy growing up. I, here, I, so. I know
1: I know you know Arn Anderson. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, he was a uh I think he played on the East Rome State Championship football team and he played with uh Larry Kennebrew, who is an NFL guy, he played with uh Ray Donaldson, who was center at University of Georgia. So that team, they were really good state championship. I think he was a State championship wrestler shocking you on that, but hmm. my two second Arn Anderson story. Um, I was probably 22, maybe 21. I'll say I 21. This, I haste. hope this is the story. I'm I gonna think say I'm gonna I that. This, yeah, I
1: hope this is the story. I think it is.
2: So, the night that OJ Simpson ran in the Bronco, um, I, I sat in a in a bar in Rome in a booth with Arn Anderson drinking pictures of Miller High Life. And uh, it was probably one of the top four or five moments of my life. Listening to him tell stories, you know, I, I happened to be with someone that knew him. So I'm, I was a made man at that moment. I sat in the booth and we started talking and he knew some. he knew my aunt and uncle uh, he knew my uncle. But they they kind of ran around together at this back in high school. So I heard a few of those stories. But, um, you know, that that deal was I'm sitting there like this, dude, I'm sitting here drinking Miller High Life with Lauren Anderson. I think I peaked. I think I peaked at 22 right there that night. But well, it was crazy.
0: Well, if you didn't, I think that's probably got to be a top five night culturally <laughs> and individually that anyone's ever had in Rome, Georgia. I don't, <laughs> no I don't think pleasure. there's any doubt about that.
2: Without ending up in jail, I'll, I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> there
0: you go.
1: That's Nobody, yeah,
2: we made it home. So yeah, that was cool.
1: I, would, um, I, would, I listen. I'd, I would rather, as a tight end, uh, well, just me personally, I, I, at any position, I'd rather be a four-horseman than date Taylor Swift.
2: Oh yeah,
1: four-horsemen's four for life, and so oh, is the, so is the breakup this, album. This, you know, this
2: that. is this is teetering on a little much now. It was really this, cool this is that, bark
0: after dark territory. <laughs> bark after dark,
2: and then and then I'm you know I, I turn on to watch a game and I, and I thought you know what they'll they'll show her if she comes in the stadium and now it's like. When the Jets get a first down, they show her. I'm like, dude, yeah. she's not even there for the Jets. Can we chill? Yeah. So, well, Brock little- Bowers
0: might have both, you know, on the <laughs> table for him. We'll see what happens. Um, Rusty mentioned you got two more chances to watch, yes. three more chances to watch Brock Bowers between the hedges and the dogs. It's a team game. I mean, we 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 love Brock Bowers, but it's a team game at the end of the day. If you go over to GameTime.co, we'll have a link in this show's description and download their app as well, however you want to go about it. With the code DOGS or the link that we have, the first time you order tickets through GameTime.co, you get $20 off of your order. So let's just stroll around Sanford Stadium really quick. I always go right here to the 50 just to see what's popping up here. 50-yard line visitor side, you're getting that ticket for about, I don't know, 315 bucks. I know it sounds like a lot of money but you're getting $20 off of it. Maybe you want to sit up with some buddies a little bit higher up in 300 still a great view out of this end zone. Right there uh, about 150 bucks. Look at that view. So check out gametime.co. Uh, the terms apply every time you use this app. And that's but the
2: that's the that's the look you're seeing from those seats.
0: That is yeah, you can Damn. you can go to the site and go to gametime.co and click on what they got mm. and it shows you The view. I mean, this one's
1: the cool, in my mind, easily the coolest feature of gametime.co. I bought uh, some tickets when I went to Minneapolis to go see the twins, and I could see it from the seats, what it would look like. We bought those tickets, spot on, man.
0: Yeah, it's it's a great app. I've already had buddies use it when they came in for the uh, South Carolina game, coming all the way from Washington State. And I was like, hey, we just partnered up with gametime uh, this season. Y'all need tickets, you're going to get $20 off. So, Use it. It's a great resource. We're proud to uh, be partnered up with them and have a you know have a site that is not only cool to us but helps y'all out too. So check it out. Download the app. Get your tickets the game uh, week of the game, or if you're planning out down the road for other games too, that uh, discount still applies. Twenty dollars off with that code. Dogs take advantage of it. It's not always easy to get tickets in Athens. It's easy to use Game Time. All right, y'all. Uh, Jeremy Johnson had a piece over at dogshq.com about some of the recruits reacting to Georgia's win. And this is always an interesting thought experiment for me because we're on our board all day throughout the game. And, you know, you see the fans' perspective. We know how we feel about it, maybe looking at it a little bit more rationally, but still feeling the tense emotions of this game. For these recruits and commits, this is a business decision. So, they're not necessarily living and dying with every play, but they're still seeing, uh, all right, this is what George is made of right now. How can I make it better? So, I'm just going to cherry pick a couple things. This is a premium story over at dogshq.com. And you can check out Dogs HQ premium pieces for one month for $1 right now or 50% off. We still have the uh, big game special going on, to my knowledge. But there's some interesting things. The thing I liked the most was from five-star linebacker, Justin Williams. He says it was straight grit on all sides. They only scored from our mistakes. And I think Georgia fans, they gotta love that. He's already referring to Georgia as our, not a lot of doubt in Justin Williams mind about where he stands with the dogs. Uh, Michael uni says we got out of the slow start other than that. Great game. So, Just a couple of things there. I I didn't know if anything jumped out to y'all or any other recruiting angles coming out of this game or big storylines you kind of have your eyes on this week.
2: Well, Uh, for for me, I'll give you a quick one is KJ Bolden was at Auburn. So George is still recruiting KJ Bolden, you know, even though he's committed to Florida state and he was at Georgia last weekend or or two weekends ago, South Carolina. Uh, He was at Auburn yesterday for an official visit left today and, He told our Jeremy Johnson Friday night that he's going to be back at Georgia maybe one, two, three, who knows how many times. So, you know, you don't really get the recruit reaction from him on his Georgia perspective, but Georgia is a school that is still recruiting him hard, and he got to see them play hard and come back and win. So, you know, the recruit reaction sometimes you don't get because he's in the stands as a recruit of another school, but Georgia had another opportunity – to audition kind of in front of he and his family so that, that those types of things don't hurt.
1: No, I, I would agree. Um, you know, uh, he was the guy who came to mind for me first. Uh, interestingly enough, we were talking about replacing Roquan Smith, and uh, the guy who came to mind for me was Justin Williams. Absolutely, um, yeah, would go, go turn the tape on for that kid, man. He can Oof. absolutely run, uh, in, in a way that not a lot of guys can. But um, I wanted to double check. Yeah, so you mentioned K.J. Bolden was there. Another guy who tweeted that he was there was L.J. McCray,
2: uh, mm-hmm.
1: who Georgia is still in on. And Georgia's recent wide receiver decommitment, Ny Carr, also took that game in. So from a recruiting angle, you know, a lot of these guys are taking this stuff in at home. But there are guys that Georgia is still involved with, like Bolden, like McRae, like Carr to some degree, where those guys are getting a chance to see the stuff firsthand and up close and in person. And I think that that's a really, um, it's a huge Testament. You're getting the atmosphere, right. Of the other school that Georgia's recruiting against, but simultaneously you're getting on field results. You're getting to see where you could fit into this. And I think that that is a huge, huge benefit for Georgia moving forward. So, you know, is it ideal, um, Uh, you know, that Nykar decommitted? No. Is it ideal that he was in the stands to see Georgia overcome Auburn? Yeah, probably. That was a good setup for Georgia coming off of that. Same thing with L.J. McCray, a guy that they love and they want to add to this class. You do not knock your status at all by having him sitting in the sideline for Auburn and watching that one.
0: Um, I know this is the Georgia show, but You don't think Hugh Freeze is going to use a loss as motivation for Auburn right now for for his recruiting tactics. Uh, It was kind of a a win-lose, I guess, for Hugh Freeze, seeing uh, the Tigers go toe-to-toe with Georgia. Uh, Dylan Raiola had a great week, as always. Jeremy Johnson's got that uh, market cornered for sure. And Ryan Puglisi, Puglisi, man.
1: Puglisi looking good, too. Dude.
2: That video I tweeted, I don't know if you guys saw that, put it up on Dogs HQ. and you want to talk about some agility and kind of throwing off platform, those types of things. Um, he's the people don't, people don't talk enough about Ryan Puglisi. Uh, they soon will.
1: I said, I said on the board, you're going to have a hard time convincing me that whoever is top of the heat out of those two guys uh, won't be a dude in the end. I mean, that's, that is going, that's going to be a battle for the ages between Puglisi yep. and Ryola. I don't know who wins. I, I can't mm-hmm. say at this point, but whoever comes out on top of that is a gamer. Yep. And and honestly, it won't shock me if both of them are. And maybe they don't both. That, end that can happen, too. Maybe they both don't end their career in Athens. But there, you've got two elite quarterbacks coming into this class. For all the hand-wringing about Carson Beck that people have done throughout the season – know that the future is strong in that position. You've got two fantastic guys in the pipe with Vandegrift and Stockton as well, but the class of 2024 when it comes to quarterback is as strong nationally as you could hope for it to be uh, for Georgia.
0: Yeah, I mean, Puglisi is just – there's any low-flying aircraft above his high school stadium, it's in danger because it is going high and it is going about 70 yards. It's just incredible to watch both these guys throw the ball – so uh, a lot to like about where George is at on the recruiting front. Some ups and downs. You got to kind of weather that storm with NIL. That's the way it goes. But uh, I think George is still going to come out on top there. Guys, let's get to some dog stocks. It's a Sunday. We always do this. I'll start out. Uh, I'll kind of circle back to where Rusty and I were last night. For everything that's wrong with this team, all the, the warts and everything they got to figure out, all the inexperience, I'll say this. It was kind of fun to look back, you know, granted Georgia won the game. That game made me feel something, it made me feel like excited again. Maybe it certainly made the Auburn rivalry feel a lot more fun. So I'll just say stock up on that Auburn rivalry because I think it's only getting tougher from here on out as Hugh Freeze gets settled in recruiting. Georgia continues its run. Uh there's a lot more parody in college football these days and I think however they set up these SEC schedules, you know every time Georgia and Auburn meet for the next few years, it's probably not going to look the way it looked the last seven. It's getting more competitive. So stock up on the deep south's oldest rivalry.
2: Wes, well, I got a question for you. on Just yes or no. Did you at any point yesterday pace around the house because of that game?
0: Uh yeah, I mean yeah. So <laughs> I had like you have, big. To, nah, you have yeah. to
2: pace when you have to pace, you got some things going on the TV. And that's That's right sign of a man at the house. If you have to pace, there's some things going on with your football team on that television. We
0: had a we had a lot going on, Rusty. Uh <laughs> we did our show last night. Three-year-old <laughs> comes home with the stomach bug. Oh man. Th- there's a bathroom right outside my office here she's puking in the bathroom while i'm doing the show trying to mute it oh you know uh laura rutledge does uh reese's picks with her girl we had kate's pukes during our show because it was it was a steady stream of drama and nerves i was hosing down her car seat during commercial breaks by the way there were a lot of them if you're watching the game there were a lot of those so i had a lot of time to do it and a lot of Uh, injured Auburn players. So, yes, it was a tense afternoon at the Blankenship household.
2: Mm -hmm. I'll still want – I'll go in front of Roosh tonight because I have a feeling we might fight over the same person. So, I'll still want – I'll still (laughs) want – I'll go stock up on Peyton Woodring because, um, I mean, this guy as a freshman hasn't been off to the biggest, best start as a kicker. And he's missed some chip shots, missed that one in South Carolina. With I, I kind of walked off the field going into to half, get my camera ready or charged up my turnaround. I was like, that dude just missed that. And uh yesterday when Georgia needed him and they had to have those kicks, uh, he was dead on. And if we talk about value and experience for Carson Beck, value in a kicker and what he can do on the road. Man, that was extremely valuable for him, not only as a player, but trying to kind of let everybody else on that team know and those players know, hey, you can count on me. I went back and watched, and he made that second one, and you see like Xavier Trust and Micah Morris and them kind of grab him and hug him and like, yeah, man, that's what we needed. So uh, stock up, freshman, true freshman kicker, Peyton Woodring. Man, he stepped up yesterday.
1: You needed it. There's no question about it. Uh, I'm going stock up on two things tonight. Um, Number one is C.J. Allen. Uh, Not his best game against Auburn, but I do the snap count every week over at Dogs HQ, and we look at the guys who played. C.J. Allen, the only true freshman featured in that game. That's a real telling sign of how these coaches feel about C.J. Allen and what his ceiling can be moving forward, man, that they would take him on the road, they would put him out there and allow him to get reps in this game. The second one, though, to me, we've tied a lot of the resiliency of this team. You want to talk about resiliency, man. Javon Bullard comes back, game uh, off of this injury, first game back from injury, plays every single snap on defense. Does not miss it, does not leave the field. He's out there every single time. There's been questions, and I've seen them on the message board, about leadership and where does it come from. Nolan Smith is gone. Where did they turn now? Javon Bullard coming back and putting a performance like that together, that's toughness, that's resiliency. That's the kind of guy that Georgia can lean on moving forward. Big stock up on Javon Bullard and leading this defense moving forward.
0: Yeah, no, no shortage of leadership on this team, no matter what it looks yeah, like yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing that we heard coming into the year. They've got the yeah. connection. Kirby Smart's right. not worried about that. It's just putting the pieces together, getting that experience, and learning how to step on the gas a little bit quicker. Uh, stock up on Dogs HQ, dogshq.com. As I mentioned, $1 for one month, 50% off an entire year. You don't want to miss that. This show just the tip of the iceberg. We have fun here, but there's a lot going on on the message board that's pretty fun during the games. There's a lot of real information, real scoop, real breaking news that doesn't just happen here. So don't miss us there. Hit like and subscribe to join us every Sunday and Wednesday live here at 8.30, Bark After Dark, Monday at 9 p.m., and every post-game show as well on Saturdays. So I appreciate you all joining us tonight. See you the next time we're here tomorrow night at 9. back. On the airwaves.
2: Clean, clean your microwave, Ruth. You be, be ready for
0: White more microwave night. Microwave
1: gang in the house, man.
0: <laughs> well, have a great week. Back between the hedges. Take on the cats. See you.